welcome to Conversations About Life. Thank you, Herman, for being a guest on the podcast. And this is your first time being on the podcast, I imagine. Uh, I'm afraid so. (laughs) And it might be the last. Who knows? (laughs) Well, I'll try to introduce you. I know you from our church. We go to the same church together. And you live kind of down uh, here in Bloomsdale. And um, you do some... uh, Kind of like gardening type of things. Mm, yes, uh, that's my hobby. Yeah, that's your hobby. <laughs> and then what kind of work? Um, you're so you're retired now from. Yes, I retired. It's going to be what uh, going on eight years soon. And what kind of work did you do before you retired? Well, I farmed for. Grew up on a farm, then I farmed after I got well. Grew up on the farm, and then when I, uh, when at the end of high school, when I graduated, I got a year out. I was helping my father. We were starting to, uh, what did we say, expand the farm. Yeah. Uh, make it more bigger because that's what I enjoyed doing. And but then he, uh, um, well, I got drafted into and ended up in Vietnam because I was in the Vietnam War era. I see. So um, I was gone about two years for that and got wounded twice. And when I come back, I and my parents' health, I could see, was um, start tell a big difference, let's put it that way. And so I, I started farming again, basically took over the farm, then um, increased some. But I I could only cover so much territory with uh, being uh, one person. Let's put it. My father did help some yet, but then he was getting um, his heart was giving him a big issue. So, um, well then, what? But uh, wasn't even out. What? A little over three years, and then my sister died. Um, she had a lot of trouble when she was little. Um, she was at children's hospital for six months one time, um, but and she had gotten married the year before she died, and uh, um, her liver and kidneys were giving her a lot of issues. She was the doctor recommended her to go on what the what iron lung, and she didn't want to do that, so that was her choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so. After that, then I continued to, after she passed away, well, it's going to be, will be 50 years in in September. Hmm. Okay. Um, she was the only fa- uh, brother or sister I had. Um, my mother had miscarriages before she had me, but then... Um, after I formed for a bunch of years, well, about 40 years, in the, towards the end of that 40 years, I, uh, that's when I'm, um, I met Peggy. Okay, yeah. Um, I had, 
And a lot of people, how did I meet her? I met her, you would have to say, to a, a, something like a dating game or dating service. On the computer? No. Um, uh, foreign magazines, there was a, an oh. ad, or a whole page of ads with advertising, and they're what they called the um, country connections. Okay. <laughs> and she, uh, she was writing... Uh, she was in that, and I just rolled in to see, and for every month, for like for me, they sent me a six or seven page uh, um, pamphlet, I guess I would say, uh, where a little description about each woman, no names, mm-hmm. everybody was a number, and so... But there it, was, there's pictures? There was one picture. Okay. Um, you could... Uh, if you if you was interested, you could go and uh, write back to them, but you had to go to their base thing, right? And so uh, eventually, I uh, I had wrote several of them. I had went to see a couple other ladies, but then uh, they wasn't didn't. Uh, what they had wrote and what uh, I'd seen was not um, the same. Okay. So uh, Peggy wrote actually me first, and so I wrote her, and we wrote back and forth, I don't know, eight or nine months before I, I, made a, I went to see her in California at that time. Okay. I flew out there, and uh, I'd I done something I don't think... Um, I would recommend in a lot of cases, or, or most, but in our writing, we we, we were doing, uh, talking about a lot of different things, and um, uh, for, well, I don't know, I had the intent or the distinction that uh, well, I'm taking, um, what, uh, an engagement ring along. Okay. And so uh, I... Uh, Took it along, and when it uh, seemed like um, we had a good week, I was out there going on t- about three days, and then I uh, asked her to, uh, if we, she was interested in getting married, and she thought, she said yes, and so I flew back home, and I, uh, she wanted to see you around, well, I lived in St. Genevieve at that time. Not in Bloomsdale. Okay. Uh, so on the farm, and then she wanted to see all of that. So I bought her a plane ticket so she could come. She was Peggy was living with her mother at that time, and she met uh, relatives while she was here, and stuff. And uh, she stayed. Uh, well, she agreed to continue on. So she um, went back home to. California, and then we had continued to write a little and make plans. Eventually, then she moved here because her and her mother were going to, well, at that point, I was in the Catholic Church. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was in the Catholic Church over 50 years from the time I was baptized. Okay. (laughs) Um, So she... uh, her and her mother had signed up to take it, and I knew they was having the courses here, so she just 
decided to come here. I had a rental house in St. Genevieve at that point. She stayed in that house while she took what they called instructions. To like Fourth Catholic Church instructions? It, yeah. I see, okay. And so she done that and went through that. And so we got, after through that, uh, we got married in May the 13th in 1995. Okay. She uh, was, so, well, after that, uh, we, well, then, what, uh, that same, we got married in May, in September, or in August, I dug a basement across the house to build a house across the road from my parents mm-hmm. on the farm, and uh, and my, I had a well, I got several cousins that are in Carpenterburn. With the one guy, he said he could do it, and well, he did do it. He put up a house in ninety days, and I was ready to move in. Yeah, which is fast, and uh, most people won't uh, can't won't do it that fast or get things done that fast. But then he he got it arranged. I helped him a little, and then so we. We had a, lived on the farm a while, and then I guess I, well, after a couple of years being, what, two or three years after being married, she uh, said uh, the Catholic Church is not teaching the truth. Okay. And so the, she asked if she could go see other churches, and I said, well, if that's what you think you have to do, she Peggy always said she thought she was saved when she was in the Episcopal Church when she lived in Boulder, Colorado. And so she uh, said they're not preaching, the Catholics are not preaching the whole truth, let's put it that way. And so she went to different churches, and I stayed in the Catholic Church. We went to different churches for a while, but then um, she then one time discovered um, what Christian radio, mm-hmm. and she started listening to that MacArthur Spro and all these uh, guys, and so she um, she was telling me stuff about this, and I listened to some of it, and then she asked me one time if I would listen to what they call the Bible Bus, oh, yeah. Vernon McGee. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So I uh, started, and I went through a whole cycle with him. Uh-huh. And in that process, um, I guess my heart was changing, but I guess what reluctant in a lot of ways, because uh, being being in the, that Catholic church for so long, I just didn't. Uh, but I could see as I was going through all of this that uh, uh, Peggy's right. And so then I um, can, well, convert it. I guess it's the best. The Lord finally convinced me that, um, well, uh, I guess the final touch was when um, at the end of one year, she always wanted, uh, for a few years, we donate to some of these MacArthur and Spro, and at the end of the year and stuff, um, she said she forgot one because uh, writing out a check and and only a couple of days before the end of the year, the check won't get there before in times. Uh, Chuck Swindoll. Okay. Uh, so she um, called him up and said, uh, 
want to donate so much for XYZ and the lady asked her what to pray for. Um, pray that my husband would beat him over the head, but he doesn't convert. <laughs> so she uh, and that lady said, uh, well, you know, I'm going to give you some, ad, 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 I'm going to tell you something, shut up and let the Holy Spirit work. Okay. And then in a few weeks, I converted. I got baptized in, well, uh, in a Baptist church in St. Genevieve, they're, but they're not Reformed. Mm-hmm. And that's where Peggy, well, she had got, went and, went and got baptized there too, but um, my, uh, it wasn't from that man's preaching, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It was from the other man, people's preaching and stuff that I heard. So um, then I, um, we went to that church for a while, but then... There was conflicts and stuff in that church, so so we got out of that, um, best way to put it. I'm not going to go into a lot of details on that, um, because um, so we um, looked for different churches, and then we had ended up coming down here to Bloomsdale Baptist. There was a pastor there that seemed like he was uh, after... Uh, preaching the, the truth, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, so we went to that church for a while and then joined, or well, before I even joined there, the second Sunday we went visiting that church. Um, who did I meet but Paul Washer? Oh, at that Bloomsdale Baptist? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was here to preach. And, I see. Uh, when him and that pastor seemed like they were... Uh, pretty knit together yeah. because they knew knew each other. Seemed like so, we joined that church, and then eventually that pastor uh, left, and two of the three deacons at the same time. Hmm. Um, so me and Peggy had had in that process before he left, taken over. Peggy became the secretary, and I became the treasurer, mm-hmm. and we took care of that kind of stuff, and we, uh, we, uh, there, what, a little around seven years, I guess, and then, but the the pastor that we had helped bring in, we got to the point where we wasn't uh, agreeing on issues, so we got back out of that, and then, we went looking for a different church, and then finally, eventually, ended up coming to Rockport. Yeah. yeah. So, you were in the Catholic Church for a long time. Um, do you feel like you? When did you come to know the Lord? Was that while you were in the Catholic Church? Well, that was. The, I I thought I knew the Lord through the Catholic Church. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But then it was uh, not totally. Not, um, it was. Um, your my heart changed because I seen the truth that I, uh, that the the Catholic Church I could tell if I looked back in the times of the years uh, I was in it they were like uh, what the Ephesians and Sadducees they were in tradition tradition always trumped what was in Scripture and they picked out Scripture that suited to what they wanted to tell you. They didn't uh, go verse by verse. They 
I can take a Catholic Bible and you, they'll have different words in for different things. Okay. You know, you mentioned the war. Um, so what was your job? In I was in Vietnam. I was an infantryman. Okay. Um, I... Well, you basically, first you have to go through basic AIT and all that during, because um, at that point, in, in back in the 60s, they were putting us all through in a hurry to get you in the, in the, to, to fight. So, it, I, um, what, basic was supposed to be nine weeks, we went through an eight, AIT the same, then we had a little extended, um, Training at in uh, about a month up at Fort Lewis, Washington. I was in. I started out at Fort Leonardwood, ended up there in the end. But then um, was at Fort Polk, Louisiana, and then I was uh, got shipped to Vietnam. And um, well, uh, I, uh, at that point, I was still in the Catholic Church, and uh, I just um, the plane. We ended up going in Japan the night before we went into Vietnam because the plane ahead of us got shot up so bad they, they said, you land in Japan and we'll come in tomorrow on the next day. Well, the next day, the minute we hit the ground, we was under a rocket attack and had no clue where anything was. In Japan, you mean? Huh? In Japan? No, the, in oh, okay. Vietnam. I see, the next day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, well... I just, uh, I, well, I had asked the Lord, then uh, you're the one that's going to have to get me through this uh, because uh, I am not uh, capable of surviving all this. And so, but then eventually I got, um, the first time I got wounded was in, um, a guy was trying to post a blow up a, a, a booby trap. And they had an M an M seventy nine grenade launcher. You piece ways away. You shoot at it, and he wasn't doing any good. And I got he uh, he said here's uh, the sergeant said here's two shells. See if you can blow it. I blew it apart on the second one, but a piece hit me in the arm. Okay. So I went back to base camp to dug it out. The second time, I uh, near Laos in Cambodia, because we got shipped. From I was in Da Nang, July, but then they shipped us out there because they're the company. Oh, well, I should say the battalion that was there, four hundred men in that base camp. In six months' time, they lost three hundred men. Wow, this is what we call a hot zone. Mm -hmm. um, so um, we got put out in that, and uh, oh, we were. I got was what going out on night ambush. The ten of us at one night. Uh, that's what we. The, the, um, so the guy behind me, I had done past the booby trap or the m mine, uh, but there was a trench, what inch wide maybe if it was that much, with a wire in. Mm -hmm. And the guy behind me, his heel hit that. And he felt the he his heel go down, and he yelled, and then I caught all my shrapnel through the back. Now hmm. uh, I wouldn't what they call flak jacket, which is a bulletproof vest. 
If I wouldn't have had one of them on, I wouldn't be alive because at that point, um, well, the basic truth is I still have a piece in me sitting behind my lung, which they never took out. Wow. Hmm. And that's over 50 years. It's never bothered me. And so um, basically I adapt to it. I had gotten shrapnel wounds in my arm as well, but then the metal come out of that for a bunch of years. Now, what about the fellow who tripped it? Did he survive? He survived. I knew he lost a leg, but I don't know what happened to him after that because we we each got shipped to different places. Right. Hmm. (laughs) I ended up back in Japan for, what, uh, about two weeks. That's where they took out my... Shrapnel. Um, the second day after I was there, um, laying in the bed uh, um, after the surgery um, or uh, shrapnel removal, they um, all of a sudden my uh, vibration you could feel, and the bed I was in starts moving down to the next guy mm-hmm. with an earthquake. Your what? Earthquake. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I never, I never was true one. Then, uh, so I just um, the nurse come in and stood in the at the door uh, or entryway and she said, "Oh, that's just a little earthquake." Well, the next morning, the headline in the paper was six point two. I didn't classify that as a little one, but then, you know, they're, they're so used to it, they don't worry about it. The other one, I was out walking, uh, that was a two-point-something, that was a peculiar feeling, but then that's all. So then I got brought back to this country. I was at uh, Fitzsimmons in Denver for about six weeks, and then I ended up back at Fort Leonardwood, where I uh, come home on weekends and... Uh, I worked for a bomb disposal unit that was worldwide through the military. Um, in order to be in there, you had to have top secret security clearance and vice versa. Um, I was what they called the clerk typist at that point, a major or no, a major or captain, two lieutenants, and a sergeant major. Uh, I enjoyed being with them, and uh, for I don't know, seven, eight months I was there. Uh, one morning, on a, after a weekend, I had come in. The major said, I want to see you. And I said, okay. And he said, I want to, uh, I can get you out three months early. I said, well, I mean, I'll listen to this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's... Um, I ended up serving 21 months, not 24, because I took his, um, he could get me back out because I was going to go back farming. Okay. And he said, you know, you should have never been drafted. And I said, I know that because I was the only son. Oh, wow. Okay. But the board where I came from in St. Genevieve, they had to meet their quota. And well, they took two, two guys when I left it actually out of college. Hmm. Uh, but there was a couple men before me said they would stay farming, and eventually, a couple of years down the road, they quit farming. And so I think they were 
they got uh, selected service board just decided don't make no difference what what I say or they say uh, you you're gonna go so that I so I just made the best of it and whatever life holds I I can't so when it comes to you know you spent a lot of years farming how did you your how did you make your income like um did you sell yourself through like a, a farm booth and so forth, or did you sell I, to other? Were you like a wholesaler selling to other people? I or? used to, I used to raise barley, wheat, corn, oats, soybeans, alfalfa hay, several kinds of hay. Um, the hay I used to sell a lot of it. Hay, uh, and, oh well, when you make hay, a lot of hay fair amount of hay, you always have time when you get caught with the weather, it rains. So I ended up using that kind of hay basically myself for a few cattle that I used to have, and I used to have hogs and chickens as well. I had a, I used to deliver eggs in St. Genevieve, had an egg route, um, port of St. Genevieve this week and port the next week. Um, the, the hogs I always took to a market down in below Perigo at that point and then eventually that market closed I had, we went I went to a different market or up to this what used to be national stockyards in San Luis mm-hmm. uh, so um, we always uh, raised all the well bought a little supplement to mix with the, the, the grain I was raising to feed the livestock so basically uh, and then uh, we always had a big garden. Um, or growing up, ever, uh, growing up, we had an acre in garden um, with with fruit trees and uh, whatever. Um, I always liked that and still do. <laughs> so you know, I, we uh, I kept um, basically uh, had enough. Always butchered our own beef and cattle for our own use. And uh, a couple cousins that wanted stuff, they helped us um, or helped me, and then uh, they got their meat and stuff. Basically, uh, selling the st- uh, through the livestock and cattle. If I had any extra, then I did like corn or soy. Soybeans mostly was a cash crop, like hay. Uh, you took to the market and get whatever you could, or you could. If you wanted to play the futures market, you could uh, book stuff in advance, and uh, you. But then, you know, there's always the possibility that um, the good Lord will not provide the, the weather you need to get all, all the grain you suspect you, uh, or the yield that you were looking for. So uh, sometimes you had to buy yourself back out of the contract, uh, depending on the circumstance. Because it was a, a guessing game in a sense. What uh, what the Lord uh, farming is the biggest gambler in the world because <laughs> you rely on the weather and everything and, and who's in charge but God how many acres were you farming at that time uh, the total farm was around 300 acres okay um, well what experiences in your life have shaped you um, the most to be the person you are, like shaped your personality and so forth um, the most, do you think? 
Well, uh, I have always tried to be a caring person. I took care of my parents for the last, well, I lived with them until I got married, but then uh, to the last seven years of their life, in and out of their hospital, I still took care of them the best I could do, plus forming. Um, I, uh, that was, uh, I knew that was uh, what Scripture tells you to do, even though um, uh, that you can't say there's any difference in Catholic or a Baptist or any, if you, because the Lord said you need to take care of your elders or your parents, and which is what I tried to do. Then we took help in Peggy taking care of her mother the last year of her life. Here we actually pulled her out of a nursing home, um, and and then uh, I would have to say taking care of Peggy the last five years of her life. I had worked on uh, several of them years at uh, Jefferson or 7th School District at that point. But then uh, I got, I wanted to stay one more year, but then uh, um, I seen I couldn't do that because um, the Lord was telling me I need to be around because I can't trust Peggy uh, as much no more because of dementia and stuff. So. Um, because I couldn't put my, I had, I prayed about that quite a bit because if I'd have stayed one more year in the school, I'd have doubled my retirement from, from, from so oh, okay, oh, wow. I, but I can't put the money ahead of her. Right. So the Lord yeah. will provide. Right. So I guess just that plus your experience of farming you said it was like gambling like you really do learn to trust in the lord it yeah. seems like yeah yeah you do because <laughs> he give me let's i still plant a garden and stuff i can plant get the ground ready can plant the seed but from there on um uh, or the wisdom I had created over the years, or knowledge, I guess, uh, the Lord still provides the sunshine, the rain, and everything else. You, you, you got to rely on Him. Yeah. Uh, yes, I can go out there with a water hose and, and water, but it's not the same as rainwater. Right. It don't grow as, as good. Okay. You, you can keep stuff alive, mm-hmm. but it doesn't... Right. It, it, I can't, and not just like when something blooms mm-hmm. on, on a plant where you want vegetables or whatever. I can't make the blossom stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That's all in the Lord's right. control. <laughs> well, what, um, you know, kind of looking back to when you were a young man, um, what do you know now that you you didn't know then about? life and just kind of the important things about life what have you come to learn over the years that you know you didn't necessarily know at that time well I guess the best thing you I would have to one of the best things is um, when you're young you're uh, you think of what uh, you're indispensable 
Yeah. You, you can do whatever you want to do and vice versa. And I'm in charge. And, and as things progress in life, you see, I'm not in charge. Uh, there's someone higher up than me. And so uh, he, this is what part of my, um, as, I, as I aged here, I guess I would say, uh, trusting in the Lord more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'd, uh, in some sense, a lot of times I'd think back, if I'd have knew the Lord better when I was in Vietnam, and maybe that would have been, a uh, situation might have been different, but then the Lord uh, answered my prayer that I had told you about. Um, he's the one that has to keep me alive. And, well, he did. I got wounded, but then that, I, I don't, that's not a, I don't take that as an offense. Mm-hmm. Because as I look back after some of the other guys that left with me at the same time, as the Vietnam War kept intensifying, I would say I'd have, I have to seen more stuff than I did see. Uh, my a lot of guys I know have uh, problems w- with uh, with their minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, the good Lord, I, I, yes, I can sit here and tell you X, Y, Z on a bunch of things, but I'm not going to go to that because it, it's that'll re- recreate memories back that uh, I, I want to keep buried. Hmm. It's just like your memories of um, lustful desires of women. You don't want to bring them back in your life. All I can say is, um, since Peggy has passed away, I, uh, the, the devil has um, intensified some of them things. But I, then I start reciting scripture and vice versa to get my mind away from them things. Scripture that you have memorized, you mean? I got several verses and I have recalled okay. to, and then I just even like when I walk some in the mornings, uh, most mornings, which I'll take a walk after you leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 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 just thinking about the cross. Okay. What we're studying through John right now. Right. Uh, I I'm I have to say I'm. Uh, learning through this series because uh, uh, I've never had um, the crucifixion in this much detail, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Um, Well, you have, uh, you seem like a strong man in good health, so that's something, I guess, to be thankful for. Well, I have reasonably good health. I have... Health issues that most people don't know much about. I have a fibrillation. I have okay. microdegeneration. I have enlarged prostate. I have hearing problems. Uh, I have. I don't have no teeth. I haven't had teeth for over twenty years. Okay. So yeah. So some frustrations with yeah. health, but that's part. Much uh, part of life. Part of life, right? <laughs> Nothing you can do to avoid all of that. Uh, the only thing the good Lord is, uh, I take a lot of vibes and herb medicines. Um, in the last few years, I'm able to, since I know about these health issues, um, yes, I wear a hearing aid port at the time. Um, I have, no, 
I never got along with dentures, and I so if you, my chin has sunk in, but then I I can live with that. But uh, I just cut my meat in smaller pieces. Um, if I have to bite an apple, I can't do that. I have to cut it up, or like if I want to, there's certain vegetables and stuff like carrots and vice versa. I'll put them in a food chopper and cut them up and then, or or dice them up and cook them. If I don't want to do cook them, if I want to eat it raw, I put them in a food chopper so you can eat them with a spoon. Right. So, yeah. It, it, it's inconvenience in a lot of ways, but uh, it's still things I like, and so I'm. I still. I just um, over the years, uh, support of my life. So you've helped um, other people at their final years when they were weak and needed help. Now, when you come, who's going to be helping you? Do you know that in advance already? Well, I have um, a friends, the Hooks. You may have met when they they had come up to Rockport for a little while, but then they didn't stay. They they, they joined the church down the road here. Um, they are people that are to take care of the stuff after I'm no longer here, mm-hmm. and they are my um, beneficiaries on a lot of stuff. And right. basically, they know pretty well. Well, in fact, um, every night I talk to Dennis. Um, because we, after Peggy died, they wanted to know, they wanted to keep up. We need to keep in touch with you, with me, and they was telling me to at least once a day to see how you're doing. And so I, every evening I called them around nine o'clock. Okay. And so they know they they try to come at least once or twice a month on a Friday evening just to spend time with me to 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 see what all things go on. We talk about worldly things every night and things that are going on. And if I got a, a health issue or something or whatever's going on in their life, they live up to, up to sixty one here, about two miles from me. Right. So you've spent. Um time as a married man and also quite a bit of time as a bachelor with just friendships. So what are, what have you learned about relationships, about just anything that comes to mind, uh, maybe how to nourish relationships or anything like, are, are there things like that, that are, are seem important to you that you've, you know, learned? Well, there, uh, as I when I lost my sister, okay, now I have no one, no brothers or sisters to help me in taking care of my parents. I had um, an aunt and a neighbor lady that helped some, uh, so I had to rely on those people to help me in order to keep them from going to a care center or a nursing home because mm-hmm. uh, they, they always figured that's where they end up and they didn't want to go there and the good Lord would give me the, the grace and the blessings to, to keep them from having to do that. Uh, I um, basically the, uh, that was part of Peggy's um, um she was scared I'm going to end up 
when she can no longer communicate at all or anything, well, I told her as long as I, I can possibly, even though if you don't even um, hit me or whatever you need to do, I know this is part of your um, uh, condition. Uh, I can uh, I accept whatever the Lord provides. And that's what I, um, basically I would have to say my biggest uh, in some sense, a lot of times, um, I know you have mentored young men. Uh, I never have been mentored. Everything I've learned is through what I hear. Uh, the only mentoring I would have to say was when me and Peggy used to bounce each other off of scripture stuff. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but to, to sit down, uh, but I think sometimes that would have been a lot better for me if, if I'd have had that at the start because um, I look back, uh, I had a rocky start with the Lord because, uh, well, when I got converted, I guess it's to say rocky start because I had no mentor and the, the church. We had been uh, was in for a little bit. Uh, they wasn't on uh, a truly reformed church, and so they, they basically, when uh, that pastor t told me one time that he uh, he doesn't read pray pray much and vice versa, uh, I want no part of you. Uh, the biggest thing was after I had got baptized in that church, uh, two weeks after the baptism, I come in on a Sunday morning, I put you on three boards. Wait a minute, that ain't what I understand with Scripture. He never, he didn't follow what Scripture was telling me. So I, I was misled in a lot of ways. The only time I would say I was corrected was when me and Peggy went to heart cry conferences. Okay. Yeah. Um, when Paul Washer was over at Metropolis, Illinois, went to several there, and then they moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I used to, at that point, I was working at um, uh, Built Best Windows. I uh, took well, three days of, and took vacation and went to that conference on a weekend. Mm -hmm. And that was, but that's when I felt the difference between the churches I was in here, even the Bloomsdale Church or um, Rockport Church comes the closest to what I felt when, when you was with them people at the conference. This is unbelievable. Hmm. Just uh, hearing, well, godly men to speak about the truth of God, like Scott's doing. Mm -hmm. So... Um You mentioned, um, you know, you, you wish you were mentored at that point, at one point. Um, anything else in life that now looking back you would have done differently or? Well, you know? I would have to say the biggest. Um, hate to say this, but it's the truth. Um I didn't spend enough time with Peggy first when we got married because at that point I was still taking care of my parents mm -hmm. um, because she knew this was a priority that I had was going to do. 
I am spending taking care of them over her, or well, when you form, <laughs> you always had the situation where. Well, if I don't do this and the weather conditions change what they're calling for, I may lose X, Y, Z. And uh, spending the time, I, sh- I should have had made to more time or somehow that I could have um, uh, spent with her. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest regrets. Okay. What did you guys en- enjoy doing together? How would, you, how would you have liked to spend time with her? What did you enjoy together? Well, she always enjoyed uh, scripture, which we tried to do, but um, she always, um, there were certain types of movies she liked. Okay. Um, and uh, so we we tried to watch some of them, um, or she always wanted to go um, uh, see some of her relatives, but then with with forming and vice versa i i can't take a whole week at one time yeah (laughs) not when you got livestock unless i have people to come and take care of it Mm -hmm. and (laughs) basically that's my biggest regret of not being spending the time i needed to um, be with her right um well what do you find most satisfying in life now it sounds like you enjoy your work and you're you're a walker. Anything else, or like just some? What do you really enjoy nowadays? Well, um, I do enjoy coming up to Rockport. I enjoy, in a sense, being a deacon. I um, I come into that situation. Basically, when I was at Bloomsdale, I never became a deacon in that church. But uh, the deacon that was left there after the pa- one pastor and two of the deacons left at the same time, he was just there for the title. Everybody in the church, if they needed something, they come to me and ask, what can I do or how can I be helped? Um, um for a couple winters, I I made extra wood for a lady that had no, no access, and she burned wood. And the one deacon that was there one time said, um, "Why didn't you tell me?" I could. I said, "Well, if you want to go make wood, you're welcome to." He never made a, a stick, you know. But um, now, as turns out, that. I trusted that deacon in a lot of ways, but uh, I'm skeptical of some of the things sometimes that he used to talk about. He hasn't followed through on it since I left Bloomsdale. Uh, he left after. He left before I did. Um, as far as I know, he hasn't been in the church ten ten years. He has totally abandoned. Uh, yeah. So. Did I uh, was I informed wrong? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just skeptical. Hey, what's your uh, routine like? What's your daily? Um, My daily routine. Your daily routine. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? You should get up around six thirty in the morning. Um, getting issues in the bathroom and then cooking breakfast. 
if I need to cook some other stuff, I, will, I usually do my uh, extra cooking while I'm doing breakfast at the same time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, going to what? Usually after breakfast, I'll take my walk. Mm-hmm. And then uh, depending on, well, sometimes I delay the walk like I'm doing this morning. But then um, sometimes I have appointments that I go see some doctors or uh, to see various health issues. I, I see a chiropractor once a month. And so, uh, like uh, when I take Mrs., uh, I still take Miss Smith to her eye doctor. Yeah. Uh, she, she enjoy, we enjoy the time being together. And she, uh, we, enjoy, well, she only, she lives five miles down the road, uh, south further than I do. Yeah. Um, so basically, after uh, that, uh, uh, most mornings after walking, I'll, if if it's summertime, I'll start uh, looking at what I need to do in the garden, mm-hmm. or looking at mm, sort so of spring here, taking care of the flowers and stuff that were planted around here. All right, and time well, uh, lunch and well still got Peggy's cat, so I, I have to keep an eye on what she's up to. She's in and out some of the time. Um, basically, uh, depending on what, like this morning, I st- well, to you come, I started to do part of my quiet time. I'll finish up the rest of it later in the day, mm-hmm. um, depending on various things. But after lunch, then I usually... Uh, I usually now I, I take a about an hour nap, mm-hmm. and then get back up and do whatever I just got done. Uh, I had given you pecans. I only cracked mine after New Year's here, so many each day, and pick them out. Uh, uh, well, I cracked what 150 pounds of my own, and picked them out. I ended up with about 40 pounds of nuts. Yeah. yeah, I eat some of them every day, but I have to grind them. Like a, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, basically, uh, well, you got to do household work every once in a while, or uh, otherwise nobody else does it. <laughs> right. Uh, and the cat's after me right now. She wants, I don't know what she wants for sure. <laughs> and, but then, uh, so yeah, I just uh, do what I ha- need to do. A lot of my thing is um, daily daily routine stuff, mm-hmm. but as I and I see, um, well, in the last years, I, it takes me longer to, to do things mm-hmm. because I don't I'm not as fast at it, uh, and so you're, it takes longer to it takes you longer to do X Y Z, and so that takes up part of your time. Uh, so um, I just keep doing my regular stuff, uh, what I have to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess kind of um, maybe wrapping up here in a, pretty soon, but um, I guess before we wrap up, um, do you have any advice? Like you've lived a good you know, you've uh, lived uh, a good many years and uh, of a good life. Any advice for, uh, like, a young man growing up? Anything that you think would be good for a young man to know? 
Well, if I look back, even though I sh should have never been in the military, it was still an experience that helps bring a man, uh, what, from 18 years to becoming, you, you, you grow up faster. Because mm -hmm. you don't have to do certain things that, oh, okay, now. I think that is a good experience for a young man if, but the military is not, from what I understand from news media, is not the best, well, has changed a lot since I've been in it. Mm -hmm. um, because back when I was in it, we had one guy, um, in the company I was with, even though on a Sunday we tried to observe it as best we could, we always had, there was one guy in the company that he was not a chaplain, but he used to read scripture, and that was, give you a sense that there's still, the Lord's in charge, um, regardless of if it's Baptist or Protestant or, or Catholic. Um, because he's, that's one thing, and uh, for a young man, if he's getting married, I would have to say, like what I talked about here previously, is um, um, spending time with his family. <laughs> I know you know that as well. Um, but when circumstances sometimes don't prove that way or you don't make the effort um, to do that, which um, it's not good because uh, um, you know as well as I do that uh, you see young children, young, young adults um, drift away from fate, from doing their own thing and getting into X, Y, C, drugs and everything else. Yes, um, I could have smoked uh, marijuana and all these other drugs and harder drugs they had in Vietnam if you wanted it, uh, but I wanted no part of it. You have to have what some willpower in order to resist stuff like that. And so yeah, that's one thing that has, well, escalated over the years. You just have to rely on trying to, uh, well, if you really, if a young person really knows the Lord, if he wants to follow him, you have to have constantly be um, uh, talking to the Lord and asking if this is, or praying about it, I guess, is first of all, for anything that, may, uh, any decision that you want to make. Um, I I never done a lot of that in a lot of ways because it didn't take the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of my uh, regrets, and I hope younger people would under uh, could do that, but then... 
I don't know if they will or not. <laughs> well, thanks, Herman. I really appreciate the conversations. Thank you for being a guest. Okay. Thank you, Will. Thank you.